It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 208. Uh, first of all, apologies, because I promised you last week I was going to do a Scottish special, and that's going to have to wait uh, for next week if I can get it done by then. But there's plenty to look at in the world. In Quantum, we look at what's going on throughout the world from a Christian perspective. And as I say many times, this is open and welcome to all. So thank you again for all the feedback from all over the place and for your news and views. But let's begin with one of the hottest items of news. All across the town, all across the night, everybody's driving with forehead light. Black or white, you turn it on your face, a new religion. Everybody's sitting around watching television. That is, of course, The Clash, London burning. There have been extreme temperatures in the United Kingdom. Now, it's interesting watching it because if you uh, listen to the news, and I, I did listen to the news, you would it, it's apocalyptic. And I remember, I think it was 1974, it may be 1976, that we had a long heat wave with very high temperatures and drought. Now, here we've had two days. But... Um, there's an interesting graphic that shows basically the weather forecast in 1974 with pictures of the sun, sunshine symbols. And then you look at the BBC forecast for a couple of days that it was really hot, and it shows basically burning red. Um, I heard one man, one expert come on, and he was reported as saying 10,000 people are going to die. Well, 10,000 people didn't die. Um, it has been very hot in the United Kingdom. The records have been broken. Oh, again, you, you have to be very careful because there was kind of desperation to get this 40 degrees centigrade. There has been record things, but it was fascinating. The village of Coningsby in Lincolnshire, which is the home of two squadrons of frontline combat-ready squadrons of, of typhoon pilots and so on, um, in the middle of the runway, it was at 40 degrees. The second hottest place was, not surprisingly, Heathrow. Uh, probably the hottest couple of days, though, for the past 100 years in England. But you need to take into account other things like urban heat and so on. This heat wave came from southerly wings bringing up hot air from the Sahara. The wind, when it changed to the west, uh, well... It was falling, rain was falling in London, the temperature plunged 20 degrees. But nonetheless, people are going to see this as evidence of we're all going to die. Now, I mentioned that 10,000 figure, and it was reported, and I wish people would challenge the person, the expert who made that report. 
Bjorn Longberg reports that in the 1920s, close to half a million people died every year in storms, floods, droughts and heat waves. In 2020, it was just 14,000 people died as a result of such natural calamities. Uh, in other words, global annual deaths from climate disasters have fallen by 96%. Lomberg also points out that in most parts of the world, cold deaths vastly outweigh heat deaths. And incidentally, some other stuff coming in here. Um, again, I'm not denying that there is climate change or even that some of it is due to human activity. Though what we can do about it and how much of it is due to human activity, I still think is up for discussion um, and, and debate. I, I just think we get presented with this apocalyptic scenarios, which are really not much help. For example, here's some other news. The tropics have recorded their coldest June for 22 years. Overall, the latest satellite records show that uh, there hasn't been an increase in global temperatures for eight years. The Arctic ice continues to make a comeback, as in uh, middle of the Arctic summer on July the 17th, it was the highest it's been uh, since 2015. Anyway, we don't need experts. We've got this man. How many of us feel battered, helpless, in the face of the seemingly endless stream of disasters and devastation? I understand. This has been a painful year in a painful decade. We're living through a pandemic that continues to ravage communities in every corner of the globe. Climate change wreaking havoc on our planet, with the most vulnerable suffering most of all. The few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. And from the horrific war in Ukraine to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States, we are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom. That was Prince Harry. Now, I, I put this down as the most annoying speech of the week, if not the most annoying speech of the year. I think um, Prince Harry taking a private jet to deliver a lecture to a small group of people at the UN on climate change? I don't know. How many of us feel battered? I understand. No, Harry, I'm certain you don't understand. And I think, you know, he does the usual stuff. But I think what really got me about this was he talked about the few weaponizing lies and dis disinformation at the expense of the many. Prince Harry is unquestionably one of the few. When he talks, and he's one of the people who weaponizes lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. So when he talks, for example, of and, and contrasts the war in Ukraine with the rolling back of constitutional rights in the US as a global assault on democracy and freedom, remember that this is a man who's speaking in a public platform, not because he was elected to it, not because he earned it, but because he was born into the British royal family. And he's talking about the U.S. Constitution. He admitted <laughs> earlier on he, he had called the First Amendment bonkers. And now he's concerned about an erosion of constitutional rights. Well, the First Amendment and freedom of speech is very definitely part of the U.S. Constitution. Uh, abortion was never part of the U.S. Constitution. Roe v. Wade, I mean, Harry wouldn't know this, but he shouldn't be speaking about what he doesn't know. Roe v. Wade was decided on the basis not of abortion being in the Constitution, but on the right to privacy. And 
most lawyers recognise that that was an absolute nonsense. The Supreme Court has just righted that and sent it back to the state legislators. That's how a federal government works. It's not a, a royalist monarchy. You know, in, a, in the United Kingdom, we could do with a First Amendment protecting us against hate speech, because otherwise people like Harry would find us going to jail for daring to speak our mind, even about something like Prince Harry's UN address. All right, let's come on to something a bit more serious than Prince Harry, although he spoke about it as well. And that is this. Let's go to a country's national anthem I don't think we've heard before. That is the national anthem of the Islamic Republic of Iran, uh, talking about the eyes of the believers in justice. Well, I guess there is a certain kind of justice in Iran, but why And we bring up Iran just now? Well, I think this is highly significant. The National Iranian Oil Company and the Russian state-controlled energy giant Gazprom have signed a memorandum of understanding worth around $40 billion. This follows uh, Vladimir Putin's visit to Tehran for a summit with his Iranian and Turkish counterparts. Now, at the same time, Turkey has not put sanctions against Russia. Iran has the, se the world's second largest gas reserves after Russia. And it looks as though Russia and Iran are going to work together on that. Why is a NATO country like Turkey also talking with Russia? Because it relies on Russian trade as well. So this whole complex of things with Ukraine, and have you noticed how the war is still going on in Ukraine? People are still being killed, but it's dropped further and further and further down our news cycles. And then here is the real problem. The Germans are warning that Putin could turn off the taps. There is no plan B and Europe would freeze. Once Russia stops shipments completely, it can no longer apply pressure. So tactically, it's just going to cut off some, wait for others. In fact, even as I was writing this and preparing this, I saw that Russia had reopened their supplies to Europe to around 40%. And by the same way, as regards that, Russia is mocking the West, particularly mocking America. President Biden had Brinson, his gender-fluid LGBTQ plus activist, drag queen, pup fetishist, and so on, represent America in France last week, along with uh, his transgender Admiral Levine. And, of course, the Russians got straight in. Their United Nations diplomat, Dmitry Polanski, reposted a photo that has since been taken down, which said, keep going that way, our dear American ex-partners. I don't think we even need any long-term strategies to counter your malicious role in the world. You are doing the right thing yourselves and let the whole world see who you are. Yeah. What can you say to that? He's not wrong, is he? 
America, which should be standing up for freedom, is turning Western values into an absolute mockery. All right, time for the proclaimers. Let's get married. Well, again, fascinating in terms of marriage. The US House of Representatives on Tuesday passed something called the Respect for Marriage Act by a vote of 267 to 157 with, I think, 47 Republicans going along with it. Um, it is to be hoped it doesn't go through the uh, Senate because it repeals a Clinton-era law defining marriages between one man and one woman. In effect, this is codifying same-sex marriage into federal law. What, what, why am I commenting on this? Because this is not respect for marriage. This is marriage as redefined by the progressives. It's not marriage as marriage between a man and a woman. It's not marriage as commonly understood by the vast majority of Western nations as the bedrock of our civilization and families. It's marriage as some kind of amorphous civil contract, something tied in more with sex than it is with love, bringing up children, and the good of society. This is not respect of marriage, this is disrespect of marriage. And again, I tell you what, I'm going to stick with America. I'm going to bring you up two people, one from the left, one from the right, but I think they both have good things to say. Let no one say we're not eclectic. Here's Bernie Saunders. The CEO of Moderna recently received, got this, a $926 million golden parachute. Now, can you believe it? We are fighting and struggling to make sure that our people are vaccinated in this country and around the world federal government puts two and a half billion dollars into Moderna to develop a vaccine and this guy walks away above and beyond his other stock with over 900 million dollars in golden parachute. That is how corrupt and criminal the system is. Isn't that absolutely extraordinary? The CEO of Moderna, Banchel, has received a $926 million golden parachute funded by some of the $2.5 billion that the US government paid to Moderna to create a vaccine. As a friend of mine would say, they're having a laugh, aren't they? And then this from 
the other side of things, Steve Bannon. Now, before you switch off and discuss, listen to what he says. I, I'm finding you write and tell me, how is he wrong on this? This makes sense to me. We've essentially put the burden on the bailout on the working class and middle class. That's why nobody owns anything. Right. But the, the millennials today are nothing but 19th century Russian serfs. They're better fed. They're better clothed. They're in better shape. They have more information than anybody in the world at any point in time. But they don't own anything. They're not going to own anything. Okay, and they and they're twenty percent. If you take if you mark in time against their parents, they're twenty percent behind in their income. And there's no pension plan in the future. They're they're all gig economy. We've literally destroyed the middle class in this country. Okay, and both political parties. By the way, this is not about Republicans and Democrats. Right. This but is this look. is this is the way the system works, and this is the way the system comes together. Yeah, we're going to own nothing. The bailout. It's the middle class and the poor who will pay. Climate change, it's the middle class and the poor who will pay. And he's right about the pensions in the gig economy. And housing. We own nothing, and we ourselves almost are like serfs owned. All right, I tell you what, we're going to stick with the US. I was going to do this, but uh, this was an extraordinary clip that has gone viral. This is Senator... John Hawley interviewing law professor Kiara Bridges. Just listen to this. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, We it's, can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? Because so we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm is denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking Are you? you if you're talking Are you? about women Are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that there, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think women can get <laughs> So you're pregnant. denying that trans people exist? Thank and that leads to violence? Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, you, no, no, they're, they're told that to they're at opening up people to oh, violence We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a you, lot just I know. in this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. Now, that, that's a breathtaking soundtrack. Talking about abortion, it's not a women's right issue because men can get pregnant too. Um, but it was the statement by this professor of law who says that even to question whether men can get pregnant is violence and and it's denying trans women exist. I, I think there are trans people. I don't deny that, but I do deny that any man can get pregnant. One of the things ways that things change is when language is used. So a number of years ago, I noticed how the definition of faith was changed in most of the dictionaries to suit the atheist definition. And now the definition of male and female is under attack. So the Merriam-Webster dictionary 
has added these terms. It talks about having a gender identity, that a female is having a gender identity that is the opposite of male, or having a gender identity that is the opposite of female. <laughs> well, that is absolute circular logic. Um, and there are other definitions that have been changed within that. Just watch very carefully how language is used. And then, as we said before, watch very carefully how children are being groomed. The National Theatre had a Ms. Sharon Legrand uh, performing for in front of children at the River Stage Festival in South London. And this drag queen spoke about inclusivity and said this. Now, please forgive me for saying this. And if you've got children around, you may want to make sure they don't hear it. It's a warning here. It's a bit crude. She said this. We need to teach our children to open their hearts, teach our children to open their minds, and to teach our children to open their legs. If you're as shocked by that as I am, you're understanding where this is going. All right, let's come over to Australia, and I'll tell you where in Australia we're coming by this simple song from the Kings. that I love, though I'm poor, I am free. A couple of things about Victoria that are utterly fascinating, apart from uh, the Labour Party, uh, Dan Andrews having to apologise for the corruption within it and taking full responsibility for it without, of course, resigning. A staggering statistic, 66 billion, billion, not million dollars, have been lost in the past few years to the pokey machines. They're gambling machines. $66 billion. And then a number of years ago, in fact, not that long ago, uh, in on the 5th of March 2021, Victoria banned gas fracking and enshrined that ban on fracking into the state constitution. Today, 19th July, 2022, or a couple of days ago, 19th of July, 2022. Victoria's energy regulator has warned that Victoria is facing a gas shortage due to record low supply levels due to high demand amid Victoria's uh, price cap. There we go. Here's a bit of worship music.
doesn't sound a bit odd to you. It sounds very odd to me. It is the Unification Churches. Uh, I've been listening to a couple of things by them. And I read this amazing article from Philip Patrick in Unheard. Now, we'd heard something about Japan uh, and the gentleman who killed Abe uh, was the former premier, was having a go at him for promoting a religious group. He alleges that this group, the Moonies, the Unification Church from South Korea, better known as the Moonies, had uh, leveraged around a million dollars from his family, from his mother. Now, it's the, the article, I, I'm not going to read it all, I wish I could, by Philip Patrick is utterly fascinating, showing the links between um, Sangmang Moon, who was a close friend of Abe's grandfather, and who served time for fraud in the USA, by the way, um, and how they've they've worked away within Japan. And, and what I didn't know about Japan, and this is absolutely fascinating, that there are an estimated 180,000 pseudo or new religious groupings, one for every 700 people. And they vary enormously. Some are very secretive, erratic, and have coercive proselytizing. Some religions have sought power and security through politics. One of these is Sokagaki, a form of Nishirin Buddhism based on the teachings of a 13th century priest. It now has 8 million followers in Japan and 12 million worldwide. It has its own political party, Komito, who vote as they are instructed and are now a key player in Japanese politics. There are other things as well, like uh, Um Shinriko, which is a, a, a cult founded by Matsumoto Chutsu, and uh, extraordinary, an extraordinary group. And they were the ones who were responsible for the sarin gas attack on the Tokyo subway in 1995, which killed 13 people and injured 6,000. It's still around. It is estimated that between 10 and 20% of the Japanese population belong to cults. This article states that the fundamental problem is that Japan has no real religion, and Japanese people are yearning for that. All right, speaking of religion, as I said, I found all that fascinating. Um, here's Bono from U2. I do like to get up early in the morning. I do like to be on my own. I like that time. The thing that anchor for, our, for Ali and myself, and for our family even, the whole family, has faith. And that's it. Do you believe in the eternity of the human spirit? Well, I hope so. I feel so. We've got one more tune before we let you go, though. One final disc from you today. How Will You Build a Life? I listened to him on Desert Island Discs, and I heard him talking about this, and, you know, you'd be on your own. He'd say, our, our anchor is our faith. And then what is his faith in? His faith is in the eternity of the human spirit, which he hopes so, which he feels so. I once... You know, Bono wrote some great stuff, professed Christian faith. I'm sorry, but professing your faith in the eternity of the human spirit is not Christianity. It's so disappointing to see that. Well, I was going to finish with a U2 song, but after that I'm not going to because I think we should finish with the only hope. My hope is in Jesus Christ. It's not in the eternity of the human spirit. My hope is in the eternity of the Son of God and his eternal purposes. So we're going to have Keith and 
Kirsten Getty, with the wonderful Alison Krauss singing In Christ Alone. That's where our hope is found, in, with all of these different things that are going on in the world. Confusion of economics, worries about climate, religious cults, political instability, wars. Where's your hope? It ain't in the eternity of the human spirit. It's in Christ. God bless you. See you next week. Let me have any comments or thoughts or suggestions for things to look at. And if you'd like to support us, please go to the Podbean fundraiser. God bless you and see you then. Bye. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my soul. This cornerstone, this solid ground. Firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace When fears are still, when striving cease My comforter, my all and all Here in the love of Christ I stand Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe. This gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones He came to save. Till on the cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. Every sin on him was laid Here in the death of Christ I live
Till he returns or calls me home Here in the power of Christ I will stand